Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. Um, uh, for the last couple months, uh, if you've been watching, I try to come up with a word to describe the episode, uh, and I try to keep it to one. This uh, this week, I'm going to have to use a few words, uh, a few plus, uh, and uh, you'll get what uh, my point. The word for today is very, very, very important. Not that all of our conversations are important, but this one especially. Let me give you some context. So uh, two intersections, two major highways intersecting, lots of activity going on at that intersection. The eye of a storm, lots going on around, quiet in the middle. You know it's it's it's, it's in the middle of, of the event. Um, well, that's the conversation that we're going to have today. And, and all, anybody who's in the real estate market or the technology market or the real estate technology market knows that things are changing in the built environment. Digital transformation has been taking place for 15, 20 years. The pandemic came and taught us new ways to work, new ways to learn, new ways to shop, new ways to play. Both the physical space environment and the technology environment competing for our time, uh, whether it's going to the office or buying something. And so today's conversation, we are very, very fortunate to have an individual who is at the intersection of that conversation. Kapil Lahodi, Chief Digital and Technology Officer, Global Workplace Solutions, CBRE, deals with hundreds of clients in the corporate world uh, regarding their real estate needs and the application of technology to their future needs. So all these major corporations that we're reading about who are trying to figure out their space needs as employees come back to the office, uh, also understanding that those offices needed to be outfitted with innovative technologies, Kapil's at the center of those conversations. So there's really not a more important conversation we can have as to what are they thinking, where are we at in this time uh, time frame of this transformation, uh, and what are some of the opportunities presented to us. So with that, let's bring on Kapil. Kapil, how are you? I'm doing good, Jim, and thanks for inviting me to this conversation. And, and I hope that my introduction uh, gave justice to the importance of your job. Um, CBRE, reputation speaks for itself, global presence, clients in every, every aspect of business from pharmaceuticals to financial, different needs, different requirements, but all impacted by these accelerated changes that came about from the pandemic, right? So before we get started, why don't you give everybody just a little bit of your background and your role at CBRE so they have the context of understanding where you're coming from on this important topic. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, my role in CBRE, I'm the CDTO of our global workplace solutions business segment, about $18 billion. And uh, this is the segment which is focused on facility management. Uh, in terms of my career, uh, uh, it's very interesting because I have crossed uh, almost all the industries, if you will, right? Uh, there's only a few exceptions. Uh, my career over the 23 years has passed through three phases. First as a practitioner, as a senior solution architect at I2. Uh, then as a counselor in management consulting at uh, Diamond and McKinsey. And finally, as an operator, where I am right now across Solera and uh, CBRE. So I've gone through three different phases and uh, I'm very excited about being in real estate at uh, this time because, as you mentioned, is going through a big transformation. We, we talk about change and for my entire career as it relates to technology and real estate, change has always been in one of the most significant words we mm -hmm. use. 
but there's a, a, a difference between slow and moderate change and abrupt, you know, dramatic change. And we believe that, you know, after the pandemic and this forced work from home, play from home, shop from home experiment, that it really had a major shift in people's thinking on how we get along or move along, I should say. And then on top of that, you've got all these conversations going on about climate change, global warming, decarbonization. And then we think about that commute that it that we need to get to the office, to the mall, to wherever. We're, we're believe, we're, we believe that we are not in a small change. We are in a paradigm shift, a big shift. From your vantage point, from what you see on a daily basis, would you agree or disagree that this is a big one, potentially a paradigm shift? Yeah, it's a big one and a little confusing also for quite a few folks involved in it, right? Because where will it all shake out? I feel that real estate right now is facing some of the most dominant trends of a time the future of work and sustainability. So for example, offices make up a large portion of commercial real estate, but post pandemic, the attitude towards working in offices full-time has shifted. So that's a big change. Uh, in fact, our own uh, occupier sentiment surveys show that majority of employers expect to be operating in a hybrid mode. Depending on which part of the world you are, it could be between 65 to 75% of the employers say they want to be in hybrid mode. And uh, now if you talk about sustainability, by some estimates, real estate contributes about 40% of greenhouse gas emissions. So governments worldwide are taking note of that impact, some more than the others. And finally, in large corporations in particular are taking the responsibility to do their part with about 58% of the Fortune 500s have declared to be net zero by 2050 or sooner. Mm. Including us at CBRE, yeah. Right. So, so let's let's unpack that. So, you you use the word hybrid, mm -hmm. and I think what most of us think of hybrid is a little bit of home, a little bit of office, a little bit of coffee shop, a little bit of airport, mm -hmm. right? Basically, have laptop, we'll travel, uh, a laptop and an internet connection, and you can be in the office virtually. So, the first question is, how are your customers, your clients, defining hybrid? What what, what do they think hybrid means? I would say hybrid, uh, uh, based on what we're hearing, hybrid is being defined as giving employees flexible schedules while maintaining a level of predictability for the company. So that's a combination. So it's called guided flexibility or hybrid. And this approach remains the most preferred method for majority of the occupiers. And uh, so now digging in a little more granular, um, do they have a guesstimate on how many days a week an individual may come into the office so they can understand the realities of energy and maintenance and operations and all those things that it takes to run a big building? Is there a, is there a pattern emerging Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday? What, tell us a little bit about what you're hearing about frequency and, and, uh, and timing. Uh, look, I would say that uh, uh, two to three days is typically where people land up in, right? But uh, that's, uh, that's not a rule. It's more about your company philosophy and a very clear managerial direction. The places where people are failing is uh, when it's not purposeful, like why do you have to be in the office? So there has to be a purpose and it's not centered around what you're delivering, right? Because in some jobs, for example, you have to be there five days a week. So the answer right. just cannot be two to three days or whatever. 
but uh, it has to be based on a purpose and a very deliberate uh, philosophy around which then everyone can coalesce. Uh, and two to three days just uh, turns out to be the, the most common number. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're hearing. And, and, and it's funny because in some sectors of the economy, we hear Monday is a popular day. Mm. Uh, in others, we say uh, they're staying home Fridays and Mondays to kind of make it a four day in the home environment, you know, with that weekend. Uh, Wednesday, uh, other groups are saying Wednesday, hump day midweek is mm. proving to be a popular uh, social day in the office, meaning you don't just come in to do your work. You come in to collaborate socially with your peers. You know, maybe they have a, a little, um, you know, a party or, or, or a, a trip down to the coffee shop or, or um, local, you know, local brewery, if you will. Mm -hmm. So so at a time when when there's a lot of uncertainty and we say we've got to we've got to, um, you know, rethink, reinvent the office space. Typically, technology is involved, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but also technology is unproven sometimes and it's also expensive. So we just read yesterday, I read an article that said Facebook is uh, preparing to, to spend anywhere from two to $3 billion to get out of long-term leases, which kind of sent a little shock through the market. That's a big tech player. That's a lot of space, right? And then... So, so they're, they're combating their, their own economic realities. At the same time, we're saying, if you want employees to come back to the office more and more, you need to make some investments. So it's kind of counterintuitive where you've got people struggling with budgets and yet they've got to invest in technology. How are some of your clients reconciling this conflict? Like, you know, do we have to go through the shedding period first before we invest in the technology or are some of them really trying to start to figure out what the new office looks like? Yeah, so uh, it's a great question because one thing we have noticed is that while, uh, as you mentioned, there could be some shedding, we are seeing also a flight to quality. That is, companies are looking for spaces that meets the need for today's workforce. So older properties with less amenities are not performing as well as Class A offices. So uh, if you look at that and look at what companies are looking for, they're looking for spaces which more sustainable building features and operations and better amenities for their uh, occupants. Technology naturally plays a bigger role. So the investment is there because the Class A offices are holding up the value. So, so a few years back, we were working, um, uh, we were working with GSA PBS, the, the real estate arm of the federal government. And a gentleman there, uh, his name was Bob Peck. I don't, he's no longer there. But he, he had a meeting in Washington that brought about a number of his clients, the federal governments. So they had the court systems and other U.S. agencies that they were responsible to run their real estate. And he said to the audience in his opening remarks, we're going to use technology three ways. We're going to use technology to make sure we know what we have. In other words, we're going to have a database with our assets, know what they're, how the assets are performing from a utilization rate, know what those assets cost us. Uh, so that's the first way they were going to use technology, you know, to know what they've got. The second was to make it as efficient as possible, meaning we're not going to waste time. We're not going to waste energy. We're not going to waste resources, meaning the lights will go off, smart building kind of concept. You know, when nobody's in the building, the lights go off and the heat goes down. And then the third, he said, was we're going to use technology to create immersive experiences, uh, environments to allow people from far away to make 
feel like they're in the same room with the people in the building. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing any of your clients define the use of technology in that manner? Yeah. I, in fact, that's our philosophy to the, the three sections you mentioned, right? And uh, for example, we are seeing the uh, occupiers taking a greater interest in blending the physical and virtual worlds so that we can create a affiliation between the employers re- regardless of the location, right? So we are looking for spaces that encourage more collaboration than just rows of desks or cubicles in the office. We've also found that uh, enhanced video conference technology is a top priorities and uh, things like building sensors to track occupancy and workplace experience apps are there. In fact, our own host workplace app uh, I've seen has been deployed in more than 600 buildings across the world. It's very popular because people want a workplace experience in the offices. And, uh, uh, and that's one of the attraction of getting them in also and making them more productive. Right. Yeah. Um, why don't we do this? Let's take a brief break here from one of our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to continue to dive into the technologies and the innovation that we're seeing uh, that's going to come out of this, uh, this next phase. Be right back. It's, it's wonderful when our, our sponsor commercials are right in line with the topic that we're, <laughs> we're at, the conversation we're having. Um, so, so let's let's talk about some some of the specific technologies. But before we do that, I got a really quick question I want to ask you to set the stage. How often should like in one of your typical top ten clients that you deal with on a daily basis? How often should the head of the of the real estate department be talking to the head of the IT department? And I don't mean literally those two people, but mm-hmm. you know, given where we are right now with this blend, how often? And I'll give you a specific example. You you said earlier, you know, they're coming out with new ways to collaborate, you know, even better, the Teams and the Zoom technologies. So if they're mm-hmm. competing for the conference room of the future, like with what we're doing here, and the real estate folks are trying to, de- you know, develop an immersive, you know, uh, new kind of co- um, uh, experience at the at the conference level, conference room standpoint, should they be talking together? Okay, so that's like uh, that's so important now because real estate and technology have become C-suite conversations. I think we should just start from there. And so, if it's a C-suite conversation and the the conversation is not happening now between real estate and technology uh, individuals, then obviously you're going to miss out, uh, and you're not going to represent your function well. Right? So, maintaining a close connection between corporate real estate, IT, HR, also I would say is becoming more important than ever to ensure employee satisfaction and productivity because you have to link it to HR and employee satisfaction, I feel. Are the, are, are the real estate and the IT folks fighting for the same budget or is there enough budget for them to work together? I think there's enough budget because, uh, look, uh, uh, I feel across the globe, and this is not just, as I said, I have experience across industries. And I would say that across industry, the role of technology and the allocation of budget is taken a very different turn in the recent years, uh, which means uh, uh, technology is just not seen as a support function budget, but as a business enabler uh, investment, not as a cost center. Right. So let's let's dig in a little bit to the hybrid immersive experience. Think of three of your most innovative clients. Um, you know, we 
years back, you know, in, in real common 2001, we teleported somebody three-dimensionally onto our stage way early, you know, early days. Over the years, Cisco has worked with things like telepresence rooms. You know, mm. we've got um, companies out of LA, uh, Portal, you know, kind of bringing people into the room three-dimensionally. What types of technologies are you seeing your clients play around with to make this relationship between people you know, who are away from the office and or people for the who are in the office feel more natural and ubiquitous? Yes, yeah, the surprising thing. So we did a, a survey on this, and the surprising thing was the most uh, basic thing you would expect, which is enhanced video conferencing, uh, comes out on the top. Right, you say, okay, that's a given, but quality is still an issue, right? And uh, so at least I'm talking more generically. So enhanced video conferencing always swims to the top. Uh, I talked about the employer employee experience applications, so which will help them uh, more seamless connection with the concierge service in some places in terms of how you interact with your uh, fellow employees. So employee experience apps are becoming very common. And then I would say occupancy sensors and smart building sensors are playing a very key role in this hybrid mode. Who is coming in? How are they interacting? When do we have to do cleaning? Is it, do we have to do it every time like we used to do it before? Or based on, as you said, somebody's coming on hum days, we have to do more because more people are coming in then right, right. versus other days. So occupancy sensors, smart building sensors are becoming more and more important. Uh, so these three, are, I think, will swim up to the top. There are obviously other things like air quality sensors, touchless technology, but these three, I feel, have uh, bubbled up to the top. So if you, as, as we started the conversation with, this is a big move, you know, lots of confusion out there in the marketplace. Let's, uh, let's just have you imagine 10 of your best clients. Mm. Of those 10 clients, how many are deer in the headlights, like they just don't know what to do. How many are just kind of doing a wait and see and how many or what percentage are leaning in at bat, making mistakes? Just, I mean, what is the the, the, the sentiment out there as far as risk taking and trying to figure this out? Deer in the headlights, how many um, wait and see, how many and lean in going to figure this out out of 10 customers? Yeah, uh, of course, if I take best of my 10, I would say almost everybody has uh, got into the technology, <laughs> right? Because they are, that's right. why they're the best. <laughs> that's why they're the best, right? And, and uh, we are also doing a lot to influence that uh, from our perspective because we feel we owe it to our clients. Uh, now, your other question of how many are leaning in, how many are still doing their weight, I, I feel more, about at least 7 out of 10 are started leaning in, right? Because uh, it's becoming more and more important uh, and uh, you mentioned budgets before. Uh, the budget is again not being seen as much as a cost center as an, an important part of the transformation process. So while you're seeing cost pressures everywhere, I feel that technology is still holding up. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to be, I mean, whenever there's big changes, there's always friction you know, on the new model and the old model mm. and, and, and those budget battles. You know, but, but I don't think anybody believes that we can move forward with a new workplace without a significant amount of technology. Um, yeah, and I will take the supply side of it also, right? So if you look at the demand side, yes, uh, that's where the budget holds. But if you look at the supply side over the past several years, we used to have less than $1 billion in prop tech funding in 2012. It was about $32 billion in 2021. 
So oh. 30 times the growth in less than a decade. Venture capital, almost non-existent. Now we're like about a billion dollar, I think billion dollar plus funds now out there, right? So, and then climate tech is another one. So if you look at the supply side also, there's a flood of technology hitting the space. And there is some amount of confusion, of course, that causes, but at least it shows you demand and supply side, both are coming in pretty heavy. Right. Um, when, when you think about, um, you know, five years from now, right, mm -hmm. the carbon decarbonization battle, productivity, you know, sitting on freeways and traffic, buildings that aren't 100% utilized, does anybody within CBRE or your client base really have a good understanding of what that workplace is going to look like five years from now? Or is it, are we still in a trial and error mode? Uh, it's a trial and error, but I think the trend, as I mentioned earlier, is this hybrid uh, hybrid experience and flexible workplace. A very purpose-driven hybrid experience is at least here to stay for some time, right? Uh, because people have seen that you, you could work in this uh, situation, manage your uh, office space more tightly, provide the better experiences to your employees and get the same or I would say even higher productivity out of them. Uh, now, of course, the whole COVID mechanism of everyone staying at home is not the right solution for every company. might work for right. some, but for most uh, having that in-office collaboration is uh, as or even more important than before because the world is becoming complex yeah and and i just what you just said prompted another question as mm -hmm. this immersive you know next generation video conferencing technology becomes more prevalent and maybe it requires an investment at the home office of an employee right you know some some different technologies do you foresee the day when corporations are giving uh, their employees higher allowances for workplace technology that's inside the home? Do you see that day coming? Look, I, I don't know about higher allowances, uh, but I do know that uh, we are already seeing, uh, corporates ask us when we talk about providing workplace experiences across, regardless of locations, which means workplace experiences at home and in office. Somebody recently came to me and asked like, how can we provide nutrition, uh, better nutrition for folks at home? So, which you would, you know, in the office you have bananas and all those things. <laughs> that was a trend going on, especially in the valley. And now people are asking, how can we provide uh, better nutrition for people working out of home? So that thinking has already started off. Already so started. Uh, I'm not sure about just the hard allowances, the physical ones, but also uh, even the softer allowances. Uh, people are thinking through that. Right. Well, and and that third three bedroom house now turns into two bedrooms in an office. The whole structural side of the home has to change, right? You know, if, if you're truly going to turn it into an office and not just a bedroom. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this hybrid, you know, work model that we have to pay attention to. All right. Um, final question, because unfortunately we're out of time. Um, hmm. Monday morning advice, insight, guidance to, you know, there's a hundred, you know, corporate real estate senior executives who've dealt with real estate their whole careers, not a lot of technology exposure. But they're, they, they want some Monday morning advice from you, given all the people you talk to, all the technologies you touch and see. What do you tell somebody who, who maybe isn't as aligned or aware of technology, but now is forced to understand it very quickly? What's, what's your advice to that person? I will, uh, I will, I'll probably take advantage of this uh, question, not just to focus on technology, but to give a broader advice is, 
with some of the recent trends and macroeconomic pressures we are seeing, I think uh, it can seem very daunting to the professionals on this call, right? Like, what does it mean for a business in our future? What I would say is that we all have an opportunity here to accelerate the change in our industry and ring in the future. Technology can actually help through this transition as the economic pressure builds in because, you know, it can help. It. We can accelerate digitization. Again, as I said, looking across industries, I feel this industry is uh, the very uh, close to the bottom percentile of uh, digitization compared to what I've seen other industries go through. So that's where I think seize the opportunity. This is your opportunity as uh, tech professionals to differentiate yourselves. And I think your background coming from other industries gives you an advantage to understand what the future may look like. The challenge would, will be communicating it to people who don't necessarily have the insight or have seen the things that you've seen. Yeah, and uh, my doors are open and physically in the office too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, awesome. And virtually when I'm at home. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you in a little less than two weeks up in Silicon Valley at Cortec. It's going to be a great event. Um, we got a just incredible program, more than I think we're going to be able to get in in a day and a half. Got some great people coming. And it's going to be an opportunity uh, to roll up some sleeves and really get down to work on you know, all these new technologies that are coming and how they impact the workplace and corporate real estate portfolios. And we're excited to have you part of that community. So. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it will be my first one, so I'm very excited. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day and a great weekend, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Be well. All right. With that, let's bring on Mr. Berger, who's going to take us through the news. Hey, oh, Mark. thanks, Jim. Yeah. Boy, pretty yeah, special that, to be I, able to – pretty special conversation. It really was. Uh, really an honor having uh, Kapil on today. Uh, yeah. What a, what great insights! Yeah, he, I uh, think I th and, and to hear from somebody like him with the credentials that he has, you know, to admit that the industry is you know a lot of people confused, a little little concerned, a little you know not sure, but the best changes always come during these periods, and uh, he's been around enough of those to understand that. So pretty pretty uh, pretty good insight. Yep, absolutely. So okay, uh, let me get out here. I'm going to I'm just going to highlight a few of the stories from this week's weekly briefing that goes out every Thursday morning uh, and leading this week uh, uh, stories. It's the recent RC Live episode from October 14th uh, The Jim referred to actually today. It was called Physical Space versus Teams and Zoom. Where does that leave the workplace? And it featured three leading innovators in the workplace space. Steve McNelly, CEO of DVE Holographics, Cliff Paulin, CEO and co-founder of Wheelow and Skip Roddenbush, founder and CEO of the Virtual Specialist. And in this episode, they explore how physical space and online platforms coexist and address issues like virtual fatigue, productivity, ubiquitous physical and virtual working experience. So please link to the show, uh, 30 minutes, see what's coming next in digital collaboration experience space. Uh, next, I want to shout out to our two tech partners this week, uh, Linkspring and Carrier, and they each have respective articles. Uh, the first is called The Edge, The Building Operating Frontier, and it's by Mark Petak, Chief Marketing Communications Officer from Linkspring. Uh, and the second from Carrier is called Take Steps Toward a Healthier Air by Yoshio Kiyoshi, uh, General Manager at Carrier. Now, in the first article, Mark explains that edge computing or connecting, collecting, processing data at the device level rather than the cloud 
makes it possible to analyze data in real time and deliver faster answers to important questions, resulting in faster resolution. And the article goes into great detail on all the factors contributing to the edge movement. It's a great read. Uh, and in the second article, Yasir looks at the importance of breathing good air in our buildings, not only for occupant comfort, uh, but for the overall health, feeling of well-being, clear thinking, and ability to do good work. And he also dives into a host of actionable ways good IAQ can be accomplished. And that also a great article from Yusir. Um, next, uh, a Toronto building was just recognized as one of the smartest in Canada. Well, that certainly caught my attention because that uh, the accolades are piling up for Toronto's newest office tower uh, with another honor bestowed on the first phase tower uh, by Ivanhoe, Cambridge and Hines at their CIBC Square Complex at Bay, Bay and Lakeshore. It just turned a smart score platinum rating and tenants working at CIBC Square are now bragging that uh, now they spend their time in one of the smartest working environments globally. So great job, Hines and Ivanhoe Cambridge. So more, for more detail on all the amenities in this building, give this one a good read. Um, and then also just announced, JP Morgan Chase is launching a digital commercial real estate management platform in 2023 called The Story. Uh, to help, and it, it's designed to help multifamily owners and operators manage their portfolios and business. And it makes sense. JPMC is one of the largest multifamily lenders in the U.S. Multifamily, largest asset class, touching uh, commercial real estate and managing. Now, managing digital payments is going to be the first application that they roll out. But uh, coming uh, soon will be more data analytics and market metrics. So that's just a few highlights. Uh, lots going on. Uh, check it out. Lots more in this week's news briefing. Uh, so with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, have a great weekend. Back to you, Jim. The one that got my attention um, was the Teams and Zoom versus the physical space. To me, the future of buildings with all the productivity issues of dealing with traffic and, and all the, the zero carbon issues, if I was in the real estate department, you know, and, and, and we need to follow the tenants, right? Um, because they drive everything in every commercial building. Understanding how they're going to work, collaborate in the future. To me, watching Teams and Zooms and other collaboration platforms and figuring out how to integrate that experience into the physical space seamlessly, that's the future of real estate, in my opinion. And then, and then everything yeah, comes it's, after. You know, not just a simple video chat anymore. We're understanding that there are a lot of factors that go into really making that collaboration effective. Right. Well, um, you know, and, 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 and let's go back a few years. Remember when the Irvine company rolled out their digital war room? Yeah, um, their business and, sphere. Yeah. The business yeah. sphere. Yeah. I mean, what a simple concept. Executives sit in the middle of the room. They got big screens all over them like a movie theater. All the quants are sitting in the balcony listening to conversations. And as people are asking questions just between themselves, the quants are putting up aerial photographs, you know, of the, of, in of, and, of the yeah. mall in Irvine. And they're, they're talking about, do we need to repair the roof? And, and they zoom in on the roof. <laughs> it's like th yeah. this is all out there. Right. And, and so it's really a function of deciding how much you want to embrace it. You know, and, and like you said earlier, uh, yes, it's going to be a, a tough couple of years or more. But there's a lot of opportunities still. We're in there. I think every company needs uh, any company of a reasonable size needs to have some kind of a sandbox um, and a little bit of capital on the side, risk totally risk capital for yep. investing in experimenting with these different modes of uh, of collaboration. 
Yeah. Well, I'm excited um, about, I'm excited for Cortec because we got oh, some yeah. of those people are going to be in the room and, and showing off their stuff. And, uh, that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, that'll be, that's the tip of the, that's the tip of the spear stuff that we'll have. Yep. Uh, in exactly. Great job. All right. Um, you have a great weekend and, uh, let me get on to, uh, the rest of the show. So before I wrap, let's hear from our final sponsor and I'll come back and tell you a little bit about next week's show. All right. Well, thank you to Kapil uh, for his phenomenal insights. Howard of News, our team for putting all this together. Uh, next week, uh, continuing on the theme of corporate real estate, uh, mainly because we're coming into the Cortep event and we want to kind of theme our, our Realcom lives against that. Um, but also because to understand the future, you got to follow the money, right? Uh, a once famous uh, person said. Um, and what I mean by that is the tenants, the people who who go into buildings and lease them are the foundation of our entire industry. They pay the rent that pays the mortgage that, that allows developers and commercial real estate owners to run their businesses But without tenants, nothing happens. So we are uh, really lucky and fortunate to have two phenomenal people who've been in the, the real estate, corporate real estate technology sphere for a very long time. Francisco Acoba, who's with the corporate real estate consulting and technology practice at Ernst & Young, and Phil Wales, who's the president and CEO of eBusiness Strategies. These two guys have been living corporate real estate technology for a very long time. And not only are they going to offer some of their insights on their experience from the past, but they're going to give us some ideas on what the forward-thinking, truly innovative companies are doing as it relates to technology inside these corporate real estate campuses, portfolios, retail outlets, and more. So it's going to be a great episode. Looking forward to that conversation. And we will see you next Friday on Realcom Live. In the meantime, have a great Friday, great weekend, and be well.